Well, if, you've, if you're visiting with us, um, we're in a teaching series called What About Me? Um, we spend a lot of time over the course of this spring talking about the gospel, talking about uh, the Redeemer, the person, and the work of Jesus Christ. And as I said the first week, you know, sometimes you hear so much about um, Jesus and the gospel, and you hear these great teachings, and there's so much that you kind of uh, bring into your system that, uh, depending upon where your background, where you come, where you heard, uh, who you were with, sometimes there's not a, a connect between the greatness of who God is and then what in the world am I supposed to be doing in my life about it? And so we've been asking the question, uh, who am I as it relates to Christ and, and who he is and what he's done? Who am I? What about, what about me? And we're not asking that in a, it's all about me kind of a way, but truly, uh, this, this Bible, this, these words are written for us, and you know, what does it say about me? How am I supposed to be living? Who am I? What am I supposed to be doing? And so, uh, so we're diving into that, and uh, if you were here the first week, we talked about persevering, and, and what a, you know, one of our main things that we're supposed to do is just persevere in this. If you were here last week, then you were able to hear Pastor uh, John Offit speak, he was a, a pastor friend of mine. He was actually a senior pastor where I was uh, the youth pastor um, for a long time. And a uh, great guy. If you were not here, I really encourage you to go to the website and listen to the podcast. He talked about our position in Christ. And, uh, and really, <laughs> I don't know if, how many of you were here. Man, he got so much in in like 20, 25 minutes. I was like, hey, how'd you do that, man? <laughs> Let's talk. But uh, anyway, it was great, and it was just, I think it was a truth um, that we all just really needed to hear, um, and I think all of this is, and that's the point, because we, we may not voice it out loud, but we're asking the question, what about me? How does this relate to me? What am I supposed to do? I want, I want to be uh, everything I can for God, and I want to do this. What, what about me? What am I supposed to do? Today, what I want to talk about is, um, I'm going to go ahead and give you the two words that, that we're basically going to jump into uh, provision, and you can write these down, provision and protection. And before we even dive in, let me just say that um, one of the things that you can expect, what about me? Well, here's something that you can expect from God. He is going to provide for you. Let me just say it this way. He is providing for you, and he is protecting you. Now, you may not feel that in the, at the moment. You may be in a season of what you might call dryness or or, or whatever, you feel like, man, I don't even know that God's on the map in my life, even though I'm looking for him. Let me just assure you, according to God's word, he is providing for you, and he is protecting you. Would you receive that this morning? Even if we didn't go any further, just, just to know that, even if you can't feel it, if, it doesn't, if it's not a, a tangible or whatever, he is providing for you, and he is fighting for you. For you to protect you, I want to look at um, a few verses and uh, and 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 kind of um, jump into this thing of providing and protecting, protecting from the standpoint that we are His people and the sheep of His pasture. We are His people. If you are in Christ Jesus, if you've been born again, you've said yes to the wonderful good news of Jesus Christ and the salvation and freedom, liberty that he brings, then you are his people. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. 
uh, just out of Exodus 6, and how I will take you to myself as a people. You are a people. And it says that um, we are the sheep of his pasture. The sheep of his pasture. And it's all over the word, really. I, I gave... I gave four scriptures. I think they're up there. You can write them down. I'm going to actually read them to you. Psalms 100 verse 3 says, Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Psalms 79. So we, verse 13, So we, your people and the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. This is who we are. We are his people and we are sheep, and we belong to and in his pasture. To all generations, we will tell of your praise. Psalm 95, verse 7. We can keep going on these. I'll just give you a couple. For he is our God, and we are the sheep of his pasture. And I love the way he says it in this one. We are uh, the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Okay, remember that. We are the sheep of his hand. Like, what does that mean? We're going to talk about it a little bit. And then in Ezekiel... God's speaking through the, uh, to and through the prophet Ezekiel. And he says, as for you, talking about the people of God, back then talking about uh, Israel. He says, and, and today he's talking about us and Israel. Amen. As for you, my sheep, the sheep of my pasture, you are men and I am your God, declares the Lord God. And again, all of this is, is consistent with what we've been learning um, about the gospel, about who Jesus is, what he has done, that we belong to him. Everybody say this, I belong to God. Say it one more time because you guys sound like you got, you're clogged with too much coffee. Like the, the, the high has worn off and now you're on the low. You know what I mean? This is something that we declare. It's not that we're just repeating it, we're declaring it. I belong to God. Ready? Now, wouldn't life be much better if we responded to everything with that kind of enthusiasm? <laughs> I love doing dishes. You know, all these babies. I love changing poopy diapers. I belong to God. So we're talking about this, that we are his people and we are the sheep of his pasture. What about me? What about you? You are, a, you are a people that belong to God. You are a sheep of his pasture. You are a sheep of his hand. And what I want to do is I want to talk real briefly, since, it's, since we're trying to figure out what about us, what does it mean to be a sheep of his pasture? What does it mean to be a sheep of his hand? Most of us don't even like being called a sheep, but we're called sheep all the time in the word. You know, you look back in, in Scripture and all through the Old Testament days and up into, through Jesus and even still in, in places in the world, it's all about sheep. It's all about a flock. It's all about a pasture. It's all about leading and protecting and providing for a, a, a flock of, of sheep. And um, we are his sheep. And there are some things that I think we need to know. We're going to cover quite a bit, but I want you to write four things down really quick. If you're writing things down, they'll be up on the screen. Four things just right off the bat that we can uh, rest assured is true about us belonging to his pasture, us being his people and the sheep of his hand. One, we are guided by his wisdom. There's a lot of young people that have been in and through and even still attend this church. A lot of people that right in that stage of life where what am I supposed to do? I know several people that are just like, man, what am I, what am I supposed to be doing in life? 
And that can happen and hit you at any time in life. But here's the thing. Because he is the good shepherd and we are the sheep of his hand, the sheep of his flock, one of the things, <clears throat> one of the things that we can count on when I grow up, what I want to be is a bass singer for a quartet. <laughs> anyway, we are guided by his wisdom. If you look at the book of Isaiah, chapter 28, verse 9, it says, This also comes from the Lord of hosts, who has made his counsel wonderful and his wisdom great. He has made it, his counsel wonderful and his wisdom great to us. Why? Because we belong to him. He cares for us. He's leading us. He's guiding us, directing us, and he's pulling us along in life, telling us where to be, where to go, what to do. So be encouraged with that. He, we are guided by his wisdom. The second thing is this. We are tended to by his care. We are tended by his care. He tends to us. He cares for us. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 11. Like a shepherd, he will tend his flock. In his arms, he will gather the lambs and carry them in his bosom. He will gently lead the nursing ewes. This is us. We are the nursing ewes. (laughs) But that is a promise because he is our shepherd and he tends to us. The other thing is we are, another thing is we are fed by his generous abundance. Everything about him, everything that comes from him, it's not, eh, it'll get you by. No, it's abundant. It's abundant grace. It's abundant mercy, love. Everything that comes from him is over the top abounding. Generous, like David said in Psalm 23, my cup is half full. No way. That's not God. That's not how he operates. That's not his provision. That's not his hand towards you. The the fourth thing is this. We are kept, and get this, we are kept by his fierce anger. (laughs) What? We are kept by his fierce anger. You know, when you look at scripture, because God does get angry, most of the time when it describes God getting angry, first of all, it's not just because he's angry. I'm just ticked off in heaven. I'm just mad. You know, what are y'all doing down there? It's not. We talked a couple of weeks ago about how his, his first inclination towards us is love and mercy. Okay, it is. There are times when he gets angry. He especially gets angry when people are jacking with his people. If you look at um, um, Isaiah 30, Verse 31 through 33, it says, And the Lord will cause his voice, the Lord will cause his voice of authority to be heard, and the descending of his arm to be seen in fierce anger, and in the flame of a consuming fire, in cloudburst, downpour, and hailstones. For at the voice, uh, voice of the Lord, Assyria, who was jacking with his people, <laughs> will be terrified when he strikes with the rod. So right off the bat, you can see that he is, we are, we are guided by, I was thinking this, this is going to sound totally cheesy, but I was thinking actually this morning um, during worship about these four things and thinking about how, um, how it says that we are the sheep of his hand and how each of these things can be expressed with a hand. 
You know, we are, we are, uh, we are guided by his wisdom. It's like he's saying, come on, I, I know what I'm doing. You know, so the hand's waving, follow me, come on, which Jesus did say, come follow me. I wonder if he waved his hand. I don't know, we weren't there, you know. And then you look at the second, we are tended by his care. When it talks about being tended as a shepherd, there's things that the shepherd would do. He would use his rod and staff oftentimes, but there was times where he, if he found scabies or whatever, the scab is what they call it actually, on a sheep, um, if he found it with his, uh, with his staff looking up under the coat and making sure um, that they were healthy, if he found it, he got really concerned because if that scab made its way to the sheep's head, then the sheep could potentially die, and actually very quickly. And so when David says, he anoints my head with oil, it's kind of a, you know, David was a shepherd. It's one of the things that immediately that a shepherd would do to a sheep if he found that um, he needed that kind of tending is he would get oil and he would rub it all over the sheep's head because by doing that, it would take care of the sheep and prevent that from, um, from scabbing up and, and killing the sheep. So you could think of it that way. Um, he, we are tended by his care. You know, his hands are doing that rubbing in the oil and massaging her back and if you've got some stiff muscles, whatever it is that he does. And the third one, we are fed by his, uh, his generous abundance. That's just a, a hand that's turned this way. You know, that's, we are the sheep of his hand and he feeds us. He takes care of us. We're fed by his abundance. You know, it's actually two hands for God. And he's got big hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. So he is like dosing it out. I got more than you can even, the earth can handle, you know? And the fourth one, we are kept by his fierce anger. And this morning during worship, I was just like, that's when God's like. He makes a fist, and those who come against his people, he is ready to wage war. He's specifically ready to wage war on your behalf against the enemy of God, Satan, who is trying to jack with you nonstop. A fierce anger. You with me? The good shepherd leads us, and he feeds us with tender love and with fierce protection kind of saying this same thing in a different way, but I want you to write it down. Put it in your Bible and let that be an encouraging reminder to you that the good shepherd, he leads us. Hey, what about me? Here's what I could tell you about you. The good shepherd leads you and he protects you. He feeds you and he fights for you with tender love and fierce protection. Now let's look at John 10. John chapter 10, and some of us are familiar with this. In fact, the, uh, the label over this section of Scripture in my, in my Bible says the parable of the good shepherd. Jesus is talking to these people who are around, and he's trying to give the analogy and trying to help them to understand what he's talking about um, as far as him being the good shepherd. If you've never read it before, I'd encourage you to read the whole thing. We're only going to read some of it. So look, look at verses 1 through uh, 6. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep. Let me pause right there and just tell you what that is. The fold of the sheep, uh, that translates um, like a sheep pen, or they would actually call it a sheep fold. In the city and around the houses, but also out in the field, what they would do is they would build these uh, um, these these sheep folds, these sheep pens where they would keep the sheep. Now, when they were out in the field, a shepherd would take his, his uh, sheep out to graze in the fields. Um, it was a little bit different. They would make these things. Sometimes they ha- actually had access to caves, and so they would lead their sheep at night. Whenever they're done grazing, they would leave them, uh, lead them into a cave. 
you know? So sometimes they had something that was kind of already built in for them. Sometimes they would build out of rock and clay and just anything that they could kind of find. Um, they would build a, a sheep pen or a sheep fold. Um, sometimes, obviously, they would use wood and basically anything they could find that would kind of harness their sheep and keep them in for the night. So when he says um, that uh, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, he's talking about a, a sheep fold. He's talking about a pen that he would keep sheep in. So truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. Now, these are strong words, and you can tell that Jesus is already fired up. I'm telling you, man, they're a thief. They're a robber. And the people are like, okay, okay, Jesus. You know, let's keep going. Um, To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he puts forth all his own, he goes ahead of them and and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger, they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of the stranger. So he's talking about this stuff. He's getting a little intense about the thieves and the robber. And the people are kind of looking at him like, man, what are you talking about? That's what it says. Verse six, this figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. So verse 7, it says, Jesus said to them again. It's kind of like Jesus is going, I'm the door. Okay, I'm the door. Look what he says. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come, all who came before me are thieves and robbers. In other words, all those who have claimed themselves to be Messiah, who have tried to um, lead the people astray and tell them they're the Messiah, the chosen one. All the, who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. And then this is what I want to focus on. Verse 9, I am the door. He says it again. He says it twice. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Now, I want to pause right there because in that scripture, verse 9, you really see those, th- those two things happening. His provision and his protection. That he is providing for you and he is protecting you. Let's look a little bit further. It says, I am the door. He says it twice. Truly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. And then again in verse 9, I am the door. Now listen, I told you about the sheepfold or the sheep pen. And they did have them around the houses, um, you know, in the city and stuff. But we're talking about right now, this is the idea that Jesus is talking about is the sheepfold that is out in uh, uh, the pasture, okay? And he says, I am the door. The thing is, is that in a, in a field sheepfold, the shepherd would actually lay across the entrance of the sheepfold. If he was in a cave, they were using the cave for the sheepfold, he would lay across the entrance of that cave. If he had built one out of rocks or out of stick and clay and all that stuff, he would lay across the entrance to keep out, basically to keep out the wolves or the bears or the things that would come out there, wolves, lions, whatever, um, armadillos, whatever it would try to get the sheep. You know, there are some fierce armadillos, especially if you live in Texas. Not only to keep the, the predators out, to keep the enemies of the sheep out, but also to keep the sheep in. You know, sheep tend to, like the song said, prone to wonder, prone to stray, you know? And so what he is basically saying there is like, I am that door. Anyone who belongs to me, he belongs to the fold. 
He is one of my people. He is in my care. And I am the door. I myself am laying down to ensure that nothing gets in and nothing gets out. Isn't that encouraging? Jesus he says it twice. I am the door. He's serious and he's fierce about protecting his people. Now the people are like, what are you getting intense about? Thieves and robbers. I'm the door. And to him, anything that tries to gain and jack with his people, it's a thief and a robber, and I will not tolerate it. I will get up with a stick and hit you. That's what Jesus said. I'm fierce. I don't know if we've ever thought about that way, about Jesus that way. There are times when he just says, you know what? There's a righteous anger that comes over him. When the, the name of God is, is, is defiled or blasphemed, uh, remember whenever he was whipping people for selling stuff in the temple, that place of worship, that house of prayer? And you see him come unglued when it's time to protect his people. You are under fierce protection by God. I don't know if you ever thought about it. It makes me breathe a little better. Okay, you may not feel it right now, there's a war being waged, and he's winning. Amen? Please know that. I am the door. If you look at uh, this whole thing about the sheep pen and, and the pasture thing, really the best uh, place in Scripture where that's kind of exemplified, the example of that is, is David. We know that David was the warrior poet. He was a shepherd, though, first and foremost. Still called you know, the, a, a great shepherd. And you look at scripture, remember whenever it says that your servant has killed the lion and the bear, he goes before uh, Saul and he's ticked at the big giant out there defiling the name of God. He's like, what is this bozo out there doing? I will go out there with my stick, you know? And, he's, and Saul's like, man, you're a ready little kid. You don't have a, you know, any meat on your bones. You're going to get thrashed. He's going to eat you, you know? But David says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. When? As a shepherd out in the field. David, who is just that, that wonderful model of a shepherd and, and who God is, the, the Psalms, uh, Psalm 23, he's writing those things, expressing his heart as, uh, uh, of God as a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me to quiet waters, restores my soul. All of these things. He knows what God is to him. Why? Because he has been that for sheep. And he knows that, you know, even towards the end, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, dude, I'm fine because he is with me. I know that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He says, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them since he has taunted the armies of the living God. And the spirit behind that indignation that David has right there it's kind of uh, overwhelms Jeremiah one time and he's prophesying and he says in Jeremiah chapter 30, the fierce anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has performed and until he has accomplished the intent of his heart. The Lord has a plan and a purpose like we always say. You know, my son, we were in, a, in the room the other night and, uh, and we always pray before we go to bed that God will protect our hearts and our dreams and his angels are encamped around our house and, and just, you know, really building them up, you know, to feel safe at night and stuff like that. And I was praying all kinds of stuff that God's going to protect them and all this stuff. And I got done and Kana was like, Dad. And I was like, oh, Lord, what's coming? 
You know, he goes, Dad, because I know that nothing's going to happen to me. I know that he's going to protect us. I was like, okay, how do you know? Because God's got a plan for my life. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I love that. We sow those truths into our hearts. So when the time comes for, for, um, lo- uh, for fear to try to push out love, that won't happen because of the confidence that we have in the Lord, love actually pushes out the fear. Amen? So anyway, and then the last thing it says is um, he, will, uh, he will be saved and he will go in and go out and then he will find pasture. And this is just a word, you know, yes, a pasture is, it's got grass and all that. And, and we know that we're, you know, we're, this is just an example or a parallel of the spiritual things in life. But as a, as a pasture, we are, the, we are the sheep of his pasture. That basically means that all things, all the time, whether they feel like it or not for us, are good. They are green. They are abounding. They are good pasture. Well, this doesn't feel like a good pasture. It feels like I'm in the desert. Well, I understand that. But Scripture says that all things work together for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus. And so the pasture that you're in, though it may, uh, the, the, your feet may be a little hot because it feels like a desert, it's actually a good pasture, a green pasture. Why? Because he's providing for you. Though it may be hot on the feet now, it won't always be like that. He will bring you through because he's a good shepherd. He is not a bad shepherd. Ezekiel 34 says, As a shepherd cares for his herd, in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep. And he says, and I will deliver them from all the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. That's what the good shepherd is doing. I'm delivering you. It may be a cloudy and gloomy day. It may be a hot day. It may be a hard day, but it's a good pasture. Why? Because God is good. I don't know if you've noticed, but over the past several weeks, The Holy Spirit is really wanting to sow into this body. I'm not sure why, other than, I mean, I know we need it. But there must be something that God is wanting to do deeper in the hearts of the people of this church and to convince our heart that God is good and he is for you and not against you. And I hope every week that that we encourage in that way or something similar or whatever, that you're able to receive that. God is good. The last thing I want to talk about just real quick before we leave is, um, is the thing that comes next after the scripture, because it's John 10, 10. And a lot of us have that memorized, that the thief that Jesus is talking about, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm going to steal that sheep. I'm going to kill it. And if it's dead, then it can never be part of your fold again. That's what he's after. And it's like, dude, you're, you don't even stand a chance, but that's what he's doing. The thief, look what he says right after that. He says he will be saved and will go in and out and find good pasture. And then he says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Again, he's affirming his provision, affirming his protection. And let me just say this. I thought about this and I actually heard, uh, I was listening to a podcast this week and I heard a pastor say something very similar. And it's like, this is so true. No one can take you out of his care. 
except you. No one can take you away from the good shepherd out of his hand that is saying this, that's doing this, that's doing this, that's doing this, except me for myself and you for you. You know, I was, there's a book um, by W. Philip Keller. I actually did a teaching series on this three years ago or so. It's called A Shepherd's Look at the 23rd Psalm. Um, Mr. Keller was a brilliant guy. He was a, he was a, um, a chemist at one time. He was a pastor, a teacher. Um, but at one portion of his life, I think it was a nine-year span, if I remember right, he went and he, all he did for nine years was he shepherded sheep in West Africa. And, and I don't have time to go into all that he was finding, but he basically found that, that when he read Psalm 23 after a couple of years, a few years of shepherding sheep, and he's studying the Word because, you know, he loves God and all that stuff, one day he's reading Psalm 23 and he's like, and he realized that Psalm 23 lays out the different seasons of shepherding sheep. Fall, winter, spring, summer. And he talks about it. You should read the book. I really encourage you to. It's uh, uh, William, uh, Philip Keller, W. Philip Keller, A Shepherd's Look at the 23rd Psalm. He has all kinds of books. He's a brilliant guy, great writer, easy read. But he tells a couple stories. One, he tells a story about um, the field that he had, the land that was his. And it was obviously fenced in and pen, uh, uh, you know, fenced in, a lot of land. And uh, he worked hard. You know, the shepherd has to work hard to get that field right and ready for, for the grass and, and all the things they have to do to prepare for a field. And he talked about how the neighbor just right next to him was a loser. Didn't do anything. He had a whole flock of sheep. Didn't do anything to the land. Didn't uh, sow grass and, and take care of it and remove things that weren't supposed to be in the land. He was just a lousy shepherd. He was a bad shepherd, a sorry shepherd. And he said, I can remember that the sheep reflected upon that shepherd because they were thin and weak and malnourished and depressed. In the book, he, he says that the, the sheep uh, in that pasture were just like, bump up, to, would be right up next to the sheep that overlooked, uh, the fence that overlooked his pasture and just be like, sit there. <laughs> it's, it's very humorous, you know. And he just, in the book, he just talks about the difference between a good shepherd and a bad shepherd. Our shepherd is a good shepherd. We don't starve, we thrive. Amen? And the other thing he talks about really quick, and I want to end with this, he talks about there was this sheep that would always try to weasel its way under a fence or under a fence or around or find a way into that other pasture. He said it never felt, I was always having to look for that, uh, that sheep and I always knew where it would be. And that sheep would just continually do it and do it and do it and go over into that, uh, into that field. And he's talking about, it's ridiculous. But just like Sean, the song he sang this morning, we are prone to wonder, prone to stray, even when the field is green, you know, it talks about in Hosea, it says in Hosea chapter 13, verse six, it says, as they had their pasture, they became satisfied and being satisfied, their heart became proud. Therefore, they forgot me. Prophet Hosea uh, speaks uh, for the Lord. And it's interesting how we can be as believers 
in a good place, in a good pasture, and, and, and God's taking care of us, and his hand is just all for us. And then somehow, in the midst of it, we just lose track of God, and we forget God. And it says, the psalmist says, don't forget his benefits. Don't forget he's a good shepherd. Don't forget that you're a sheep of his hand. And one of the things he goes on to say about that sheep is that, um, and this is, wow, I could go on for another hour about this, but he says, um, unfortunately, what would happen is that other sheep would begin following that sheep. And before he knew it, he would have five, six, seven to a dozen sheep over in that nasty, sorry pasture. When there's perfectly good, all the other sad little sheep are over here, I want your land, and you're trying to get over to my land? And so I can't remember exactly what he did. I think that, uh, I think that what he ended up having to do to that one and this preaches, man, I could just get a little bit right now. But what he had to do that, to that one lamb, to save that lamb, and to save those who were also prone to follow and wonder with that lamb into a bad pasture, is he had to break its leg. He had to break its leg. Oh, that's a desert. That's a wilderness. That's pain. That's awful. Yeah, but he's a good shepherd. Amen? Some of you guys may be in a place where God's just got you in a place of broken leg. Well, you, just, you know, you try, to have, you try to find ways to rationalize the difficult things you're going through up against a, a God is good because you're just like, how does that connect? This is bad, and then how's he good? That's a great example. Sometimes as sheep, we need our legs broken so that we can stay put and get a different perspective. <laughs> Amen? And maybe, you guys stand with me. Maybe you're in a place this morning where you feel like your leg, not just one leg, but both legs are broken. And it's hard to speak into every scenario of every person in this room. But let me just say this. Whatever the scenario is, God is always looking out for our best interest and he will fight uh, fiercely to keep us in his pasture into his sheepfold. Are you hearing me this morning? He will do whatever he has to do because he loves you. If he's got to make it a dry season for you, he will make it a dry season. If he has to cut off some resources to help gain a better perspective for you, he will cut off resources. He will silence his voice. He will do all kinds of different things. And he will allow all kinds of different things. Sometimes it's more of that. I'm going to allow this to happen. The enemy is kind of coming in and messing around. I'm going to allow this to happen under my watch, under my care, my supervision. Read the book of Job, amen? Because I want you to stay put. I want you to stay put. We are guided by his wisdom. We are tended by his care. We are fed by his generous abundance. And we are kept close by his fierce anger. Amen? Let's pray.